Welcome back to the Roanoke Weekly Podcast for September 24th. How are you guys doing today? I'm very great. <laughs> yeah, we got some, Xavier's got some good news for some people. I'm very great. To kick us off. Right What's now. going on? Yeah, so we could start with local and Northside winning homecoming against Botetourt. And then we go up to college and ODU beats Tech. Um, very, very happy for that program, coming out of that program um, and playing for them. Um, since 2008, they started the program, and it's been on the rise ever since. Um, I can sh- throw some quick facts. In 2009, ODU became the first best startup program in college football history, finishing 9-2. and two. In 2012, we won the CAA championship against JMU. Um, in 2013, we moved up to D1A and joined Conference USA. In 2016, we clinched the berth and won the first Popeyes uh, bowl game. In 2018, we beat Tech. So um, <laughs> that happened this weekend. Any ODU alumni <laughs> out there? I know you're proud. Um, and then on professional level, the Ravens won. So it was a, a very good weekend for me. Good stuff. Football wise. <laughs> well, Tech fans, please don't let this impact your feelings on this podcast. Yeah, we they, still they're going to have we a tough season. We sympathize for you. Um, there's a lot of football left. When you can just wait till a basketball season when UVA whoops up on you guys. This is true. This is true. It's all going to be good. (laughs) I have no no feelings about this. Somehow we wind up in Roanoke. I was going to say, are you a tech fan? No. I I went to App State, and, you know, I think tech is fine, and everybody else is fine. I don't really care about sports very much. So, anyway, everybody just be nice to each other and be (laughs) good, have good um, sportsmanship. Right. 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 Tailgating is still fun, no matter who wins. All right. Um, this is not quite local news, but I really wanted to bring it up. You probably saw somewhere on the internet because it kind of went viral that someone up in Northern Virginia found a two-headed copperhead living in the woods. And it's really fascinating. I'll definitely put a picture of it somewhere. Um, so if you don't like snakes, this is a warning for you. It's, I mean, it's crazy though to look at. Um, and I also wanted to bring up as a point of interest, I heard recently over, I think the weekend, that it actually is illegal to kill snakes in Virginia. I just looked it up to confirm. You can kill them if they are if they're causing any sort of safety concern or if they're being a nuisance. So there's a lot of gray area. Like if a copperhead's in your garage, you can kill it. It's fine. If it's like eating your chickens, you can kill it. Um, but you know, just FYI, if you find a snake in the woods, it's legal to kill it. Wow. Just so you know. There were at least two occasions growing up where we had snakes in the house. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I think my dad just took him outside both time, picked him up and took what him a, outside. What a peacemaker. Yeah, I've killed it was a, many of black snakes. There was a neighbor that came once with a gun because my dad wasn't home, and my mom was like, are you really going to shoot a hole in the floor to kill the right. snake? That's <laughs> People respond very differently to snakes, but, yeah, technically it's legal. So I'm wondering now you know. if one of the snakes will eat the other snake. I don't know if it can get to that angle. Like their heads are so close. You'll have to see a photo. If you haven't seen a photo, we'll send it out and you can check it out and make your own opinions about whether one head could eat the other and which head would come out on top. They look identical (laughs) to me, but you know. All right, on to some local. Let's stop looking at this picture. Yeah, close that window. Um, Some of you may have heard that local Salem favorite restaurant, Mac and Bob's, has declared bankruptcy after a class action lawsuit came out. Um, And, you know, that story is complicated and has a lot of information locally that you can read up on. But we wanted to talk about especially just how um, quickly the community came to their to their aid and support. They have 
lots of events coming up. People are try trying to pack the place and make Mac and Bob some money back um, and to show their support so that that restaurant doesn't end up, you know, closing or something similar to that. So I thought that was interesting to bring up. I've never been there, so maybe I'll take the opportunity to try on down to Salem. The, and the GoFundMe page. They raised, raised a lot of money. $120,000 in two days. Yep. Like that's <laughs> yeah. They have a lot of support locally, and I, I mean, I think, you know, opinions Jeez. are what they are, and I think there was a lot of, like, people did some wrong things, and everybody's trying to make, make it right, so... Yeah, interesting, complex story, mm -hmm. but interesting to note, I think, for all the business folks out there, that when you do invest in your community, uh, they usually wind up investing back in you. So yeah, it's just something to think about. Indeed. We want to stick with some more somewhat controversial conversations? Yeah, sure. Yeah. This, I think this is infinitely more controversial because <laughs> um, we've actually been talking about it behind the scenes here. I mm -hmm. mean... Um, Basically, if you've heard of needle exchange programs, um, we are the city council and city manager are going to be deliberating and voting on bringing a needle exchange program to Roanoke or to the area. Um, and if you don't know what that is, uh, Xavier, would you like to explain what it is? Yeah, um, just now learning it, but <laughs> um, for users um, actually to be able to go and get clean needles. Um, and in exchange for dirty needles and sharing needles with um, other people, which will um, eventually lower um, the the rate of hepatitis C and HIV and sharing those diseases from unclean needles. Um, I've seen in plenty of areas needles on the sidewalk or in the mm -hmm. grass. So I, I do a agree with this. Um, for people to be able to use clean needles, if you're gonna, they're gonna use, they're gonna find a way to use regardless. Mm -hmm. So, I do, I do get it. Um, I know that there's some a lot of backlash that can come from it um, in other areas, but um, if it can make people do things safer, then yeah, yeah I'm, I'm, I'm for it. The term people use with this kind of program is harm reduction, which is a clever term because it doesn't say they're solving anything or, you know, a hundred percent, um, getting rid of a problem. It's just reducing the harm that it causes to use injectable drugs and to share needles, um, and use dirty needles. And I mean, you brought up a good point. It also reduces the needle like litter in mm -hmm. the, in neighborhoods. People are returning dirty needles. It means they're not tossing them in the gutter, or mm -hmm. putting them on the sidewalk. So yeah, we'll, we'll see what, what city council and city manager, um, say that's coming up right Brad? yeah so there's there'll be uh, we don't know exactly what the timeline is looks like sometime in october but there'll be city manager will, will be making a recommendation to city council um we already know that some city councilors are probably going to be in favor of this uh, in the the channel 10 news piece about this they did quote bill best pitch and seems like he was in favor of it and some of the other city council members have made their opinions known on this it's it, it's really an interesting thing to think about i think in um, it's something that I've seen. Think we've seen a lot of communities have success with, and so it'll be interesting to see if we, as Renault, can build off that success and kind of build our own model that works for what right. we have going on here. In the um, most recent uh, Oxford American Magazine, uh, Beth, local author Beth Macy wrote a uh, very, I mean, 
in-depth piece about this small town that has a needle exchange program and how the impact has been great there to the people who are um, trying to make positive steps in their life, like trying to um, stop using these drugs. It's a really nice pathway, a paving stone for them that they can make that step to at least using clean things and starting to get resources because these centers typically have resources for people um, as all part of the destigmatizing addiction process in communities. So, yeah. That is important to note that it's a tool in some ways to get folks into these centers where they can find other resources. So, I mean, they mentioned in, again, that uh, News 10 piece that the drop-in center is interested. So there are going to be folks that are coming in that need to be tested for HIV um, and hepatitis B and C. And so these, this is a way for them to get them in those spaces, familiar with those spaces, so that when they need those resources or when they're ready for that, they can go in uh, and take advantage of those. So yep. we'll, we'll see where it goes, though. Yep. Um, looking forward a little bit here. So, you know, we talked about the hurricane and I don't know about you guys, but I talked a lot about the hurricane in my personal life. Um, worried about it, watched the news, checked the weather more than I've ever done in my life probably. <laughs> and then the hurricane came and went and it wasn't, you know, as disastrous as it was, you know, as it could have been. And then we got some rain this weekend and my basement flooded the exact same amount as the hurricane. And I know we had some disastrous flooding in, in further south, southern Virginia mm -hmm. and southwestern Virginia um, and flash flooding in Roanoke again. So that was, you know, a surprise. And also we are going to continue having rain this week. So people who are already saturated are looking at a really nasty flooding situation coming up. It's, yeah. yeah. It actually says it's leftover moisture from Florence. So that might, it's still kind of the hurricane's fault. Yeah. So at least, <laughs> you know, at least we know that it's it's been such a wet year i don't know how many times this year i've gotten stuck on the interstate when it's pouring down rain but it feels like every time i try Yikes. to go anywhere it's it's nasty yeah yeah and it's i mean it i'm i know you guys all know this in roanoke at this point but we are so ripe for flash flooding here like if you live anywhere near a body of water you know just it, it's so serious and it's just getting like worse but because of the saturation of the earth and how there's just nowhere for the water to go. Mm -hmm. Smith Mountain Lake levels are really high right now. There are dams around there that are being threatened. Just like definitely pay attention to it just because the hurricane's gone. Don't make the same mistake I did and think that like it's all, you know, beautiful fall mm -hmm. leaves from now on. <laughs> this rain is threatening our fall leaves. It you is. Put it like that. Well, yeah, and speaking of getting caught on the road, uh, <laughs> our old trusty friend, I-81, we've talked about it before, but looks like um, there are some impending urgent problems with 81 and its infrastructure that people are starting to talk about. Um, they need to be fixed like yesterday. And so finding the support and the funding to do that locally is um, continuing to cause a problem and, you know, I feel like it's basically just like a who's, whose job is this and whose job is it to push it forward? Um, and, yeah, it's the story that we're looking at here is, to me, it's pretty complicated. It's got a lot of players in it. But for us here living in Roanoke in the region, um, we know it's bad. Like, they know it's bad. <laughs> and they are talking about it. 
What exactly is so bad? Congestion. I mean, some, uh-huh. something is wrong with it to the point where there's just constantly wrecks and congestion happening. I don't, I mean, I'm not a I traffic I think it's because it's a two-lane highway. Right. That's like, the big that's thing. That's the biggest yeah. thing. Yeah. yeah but anywhere else you go, you never see a two-lane highway with that much Truck traffic. traffic yeah. yeah. And I mean, somebody, and this article somebody's quoted saying 81 is on life support. <laughs> Yeah, well, I will say, I think this article kind of overblows the situation perhaps a little bit. That I don't know that saying that it's on life support is quite. Uh, and the, the further out of that quote, another couple of years we'll have a serious problem on 81. But yeah, it's not pleasant to drive on 81. But I don't think. The, there's also an argument here that there's uh, improvements on 81 would lead to an economic benefit for the area of $5.2 billion. Mm-hmm. I find that to be a little, uh, you know. Who knows where that number comes from? But. It probably comes from a lot of places. Well, uh, well, oh, and somebody mentions that um, there's talk of a toll coming to Virginia yeah. for this reason. You know, it needs it needs some not just like physical help. It just needs to be thought about, and I think people are thinking about it and noticing that time is going to pass very quickly with these problems, and we're going to be in an urgent situation mm-hmm. if we don't start making changes now and the bottom line i think is in some ways that we uh and they mentioned this that in northern virginia hampton roads area they don't they keep they just keep building whereas we don't seem to get that attention out here and i think that the argument mainly here is that there's uh, this person came and is pushing us to really uh as as into as an entity local governments whatever mm-hmm. it may be to push for the federal and state government to invest money in there. Yeah, yeah that we need to get together to present a unified front about how urgent this problem is. And yeah, yeah. Well, we'll see why that goes. Yeah, it'll be. I mean, I think we all recognize that eighty-one needs to do better, but I think in some ways the problem is figuring out what to do about it and like, yeah, how to do it in a way that doesn't shut down the area to do something with it. I also want to throw in there, I've been talking to a lot of people who are new to town lately as part of something I'm doing at my shop. And I guess I've gotten used to it, but everyone who moves here says people around here cannot drive. That is like they a... They can't. Th- well, right. And so I, I know North that... North Carolina. North Carolina's way right, worse. Right. Coming from <laughs> further south, like it gets worse. But people who move here, especially from the north or anywhere in the mm-hmm. Midwest, are like people around here don't know how to use their turn signal. They, they don't know how to merge, all this stuff. So... Maybe also while we're talking about I-81 stuff, um, we could talk about some, you know, hopefully once the road gets a little easier to drive on, people will be able to easier, you know, more easily learn how to do some interstate driving. I think it's because be nice. it's so slow here yeah. that people are just so like, no, 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 like, but like you said, up north, like things are quicker. So. There's just not a lot of interstate around here. There's just no. 81. Right. Like, I when think, I learned to drive, I lo- learned to drive on like all sorts of interstates all the think, time. I will say whatever that road is between, so I mean, where, what's that road? 40? I-40? Yeah. yeah. If you've been, it's a raceway. Terrifying. Yeah. Um, that's where I that grew up driving. That's like, <laughs> like that's, no one should ever have to drive on that road. Um, I do think, you know, do every day. I always take that with a grain of salt because I looked at, you know, when I lived in D.C., like all the people, you could tell when the out of towners came into town because they didn't know how to drive and mm-hmm. see traffic. I think that's the same down here. These folks that come from out of town, they will adapt and they'll be fine. Right. <laughs> but, you know. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I don't notice it anymore now at all, but it's all these people who are brand new to town that are like noticing this. And I'm thinking, oh, this might be part of 
one of the many factors in the issues on 81. I mean, I will say that in the Charlotte area, there was at least once a week that someone would make a left turn from the right lane of a road, and I was like, what is going on Ooh. here right now? Maybe so, that's a thing. Maybe it's the Charlotte North, left. North Carolina, that's, uh, I mean, that's what happens when you don't invest in your education system, North Carolina. Ooh, yikes. What a jab. Um, speaking of education, fired. ooh, hey, do you hear that segue that I just <laughs> figured out? Um, there's a, yeah, so, sorry, I have my segue ready before my the talk about this actual <laughs> article, but there are some policy changes um, on the horizon for dual enrollment in high school locally. Yeah, so it looks like essentially bottom line from this is that there's going to be fewer dual enrollment classes and fewer opportunities for high school kids in the area to get college credit. And a lot of this comes down to uh, a new ruling that has been passed by the Southern Association of Colleges and Schools Commission, uh, which is the regional accreditor for colleges in uh, the area. And they uh, have instituted policy banning um, colleges from offering courses that mix students enrolled in a college course with students who are only receiving high school credit for the course. Uh, so this is really, uh, I don't know that we in the city of Roanoke or the county will see the brunt of this. There'll be some people impacted here, but really this is, you know, folks that are in Floyd or mm -hmm. the smaller counties, Franklin County, will will lose a lot of opportunities to have college credits from their, uh, from their opportunities. So it's, uh, it'll be, you know, I think what will really come from this is yet to be seen, but there's certainly some concerns in the area about what it means. Yeah. Um, Xavier, did you want to weigh in on that? Or? Yeah, I mean, um, I, I took dual enrollment classes, um, and I thought that, I mean, I got to go to school with 22, 21 credits, um, so I started as a, a sophomore. Um, so it's unfortunate that they're taking that away. But like you said, we didn't really have to worry about that because we didn't have the teachers – we didn't share classes with um, a dual class with a general mm. education class. We didn't share. It was like a one class with all dual enrollment mm -hmm. classes. So I know it said this is more for like the small rural rural mm -hmm. areas, um, but that's unfortunate for them because it does give you, for the kids who are trying to get in and out of school like um, and serious about stuff, it, it does give them that incentive um, to go to school with credits and walk in as a s sophomore and be able to finish early. Do most schools still give the opportunity to take AP classes? Or is it some schools don't have AP? I think I think all schools still have AP. Yeah. Um, but see, the, the, I always learn that the AP, it doesn't transfer everywhere. Right. So it's different type of right. credit transfer. But dual stuff, yeah. is like getting your associates. Yeah. So it's going to transfer to any, any college in Virginia. Um, and AP, you always had to like, test out of it mm -hmm. so you could take the class the whole year and then at the yeah. end not do well on the test you don't get the credit yeah been the there <laughs> um okay well it's very interesting yeah we'll have to see how that trickles down over the next little bit here all right brad's point of interest story for the day oh, this is uh this story made me so happy when i read it yesterday i don't know why but I was just laughing on the sofa. My wife was looking at me, wondering what on earth was happening. <laughs> um, so a Vinton couple uh, bought an abandoned storage unit last month for $45. Uh, 
Inside of it, they found 26 paintings that were signed from famous painters, including Jackson Pollock, De Koning, um, a number of others. Uh, well, excuse me, 25 of them were signed Jackson Pollock, which is a little, you know, raises some red flags immediately, <laughs> perhaps. But, um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but apparently on the back of each painting uh, were written the words, J. Brennerman Collection, along with some inventory numbers and some other things, including like where, where it had come from and how much it was estimated to be worth. Uh, so these are major art people, obviously Pollock and De Koning. And so these folks that had bought this looked it up online and found that there was a study out um, from the International Foundation for Art Research, which had suggested that uh, James Brennerman may not have existed and it's probably some kind of scam regarding bogus Jackson Pollocks going on here. Um, and mm. apparently that had been linked at that point to... Um, some painting examined by the staff that had been sold by a Roanoke, quote, Roanoke strip club owner who was not named. Um, which the is, plot thickens. Yes, this uh, it's just amazing. Uh, and so this gentleman, a former owner of Gold and Silver Gentlemen's Club, um, uh, turns out that he has um, upwards of uh, 100 paintings uh, or excuse me, stacks, quote, stacks of hundreds of framed paintings from the J. Brennerman collection uh, that he was sold by an antiques dealer in the area. Hmm. Uh, and he, um, you know, obviously uh, has the belief that these are largely uh, true. Uh, apparently, uh, there's the story is that James Brennerman came in the 1930s. They bought a, a historic estate in Chicago where they amassed all these paintings and then they died in the 70s, and these folks called the Ramses took it over. Um, the, the Art Foundation believes that most of this is bogus, but um, it's really fascinating to think about where all this came from, mainly because this just reminds me of a art uh, forgery ring that would happen in like New York City, and for some reason this is happening in Roanoke, <laughs> Virginia, and it's connected with a strip club in some ways, which is just amazing and mind-boggling to me. Um, so, anyway. I mean, no matter what... The outcome, $45 is not a bad price to pay for 25 fake Jackson Pollocks. Like, no, you not. can't find a deal like that even on eBay. So, <laughs> kudos to them, even if they're fakes, like, you know, they're framed too. Dang, man, you that's like, that's like free money right there. Apparently, one of the tip offs that these may not be authentic Jackson Pollocks was that they apparently have rather crappy frames on them. So. Oh. <laughs> yeah. But, well. uh, there's this in my mind. I have this image of this antiques dealer who is just like conning several folks around Roanoke into buying from this Jay Brennerman collection that he had created. Well, like I always say, mind. if you are this con man antiques dealer, please call in. We'd love we to would speak love to you. We'd love to talk to you about this. <laughs> we don't have a phone number, but you can email us. Um, yeah. Um, you can find us. If you're, if you're smart enough to run this con, you're smart enough to find our, right. our email addresses. Um, <laughs> we'll keep you guys posted on this riveting headline as it develops i can't wait for the movie rights for this to be sold. i mean if they're real though it will be an actual headline it'll go well, viral no joke. i mean that, that's so you hear like it here for first. millions of <laughs> millions of dollars yeah. of art at roundup which oh, who knew um let's move on to the spotlights uh, another fave of our team here um I'm going to kick us off with our arts and culture spotlight for the week. I'm going to highlight Soul Sessions, which we've talked about them as an event before. They do at almost weekly, right? Um, maybe 
every other week or so, um, they do just open mic sort of readings and poetry and music and do it at 16 West in downtown Roanoke. Um, so as an arts and culture spotlight, I just think they do a great job and it's a very like grassroots community organization. They're very open. Um, and I just think they're doing great. So check them out. They really are fascinating and it's a great experience to really uh, see some kind of stuff that you don't normally think of seeing in Roanoke. I think right. it's, it's, it's Here's the collab business spotlight this week, Brad. So we're going to give a shout out to some folks that are fans of ours already and have already we've already talked about some of their work, but um, Revolution Rowing is a small um, rowing accessory manufacturing company based in Roanoke here. They, their leader, um, Jim uh, Pickens, has been a big part of the move to get a low-profile dock installed at Carvin's Cove. Uh, but they sell, and he, I think it's a really interesting um, way to look at business these days in terms of I think we're seeing more of these kind of micro-manufacturing organizations pop up. And so he's doing that for rowing parts that he sells online, but is based here in the city. They moved here. Uh, he and his wife moved here a couple years ago, uh, and they've just been doing really exciting things. And so it's, um, I don't know, it's just something cool about, I think, having a, uh, a rowing accessory company based right here in Rona. Mm. So, uh, yeah, that's cool. I didn't know that. He also uh, is interested in starting a uh, row, youth rowing team, rowing team moving forward. So Ooh. apparently there are a lot of slots available due to Title IX for women's rowers, mm -hmm. scholarship slots. And, and so. rowing is the like one of the best exercises you can mm -hmm. do. It is a full body <laughs> workout and... You know, doing it in the great outdoors is just even better than the gym. Absolutely. Xavier, how's, how's the food looking this week? The food this week is, uh, because I went out of town, um, this spot always gives me the out-of-town vibe. Mm. Um, lucky on Kirk. Mm. Um, I wanted to highlight them. I always get good good drinks, good food. Um, like I said, the, the experience <laughs> is, is just different at Lucky. Mm -hmm. um, it doesn't feel like you're in Roanoke. Totally. Um, it's a very metropolitan vibe. Very, very. Um, and they've been, a, I mean, they've been on Kirk Ave for like 10 years. Um, they've been there for a long time. I, I didn't know that. I got the chance to hear from Hunter, one of the founders and the head bartender. Yeah. Um, he spoke at something recently and he was talking about how when they opened, they were like the only cocktail bar in Virginia at the time, like true yeah. craft mm -hmm. cocktail bar. This was ahead of the time of the craft cocktail movement. Yeah. And then it kind of hit big, but. Yeah, a little old lucky. I mm. mean, it is teeny tiny in there, and you know they've it's been very, yeah, very small, making it happen, but very intimate, very um, cozy. If that's a word. If that's a word, I oh, can totally. use. Totally. Yeah, they're very cozy, um, welcoming. Uh, the food is excellent. Um, Southern like, cuisine. Very. Yep. yep. The drinks are all handcrafted. Um, is the fried chicken as good as everybody's? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, totally. The fries are um, absolutely amazing. <laughs> um, the drinks, like I said, they're all handcrafted. Of course, mm -hmm. you can get different drinks, um, but the bar experience is different too. Totally, it's, it's just a different experience. So definitely go My check them out. My insider tip is to order the cube. It is mm. not a drink that's on the menu, but it's very popular. Anybody who's been to Lucky is probably yeah. rolling their eyes like, yeah. "Ooh, of course!" But <laughs> it is a um, pre-made ice cube filled with lots of different ingredients, mm -hmm. so like apples and ginger and seasonings, and then they pour. Um, whiskey on top of the mm -hmm. ice cube so as the ice cube melts it creates a, a cocktail that evolves over time and it's delicious yeah. so now you can act like you know what's up when you go in there 
Can somebody teach me how to act like I know what's going on when I go into Texas Tavern? <laughs> oh, no, I, oh I yeah, we need to talk about that some other time because I don't know either. I made some big time faux pas last time. I was the only time I went there. I ordered French fries. They don't make French fries. Everybody looks at me like I was crazy. Um, anyway, so we have a few events. I um, I'm going to run through this really quickly. As you guys know, they come in the newsletter every week. So uh, over time, I'll probably minimize this segment as more of just a general what's going on because the links are in the newsletter, so I don't need to be too specific. But over this week, we're looking forward to seeing um, there's a kickoff of the Villa Heights uh, project, so there's a restoration happening there um, by the nonprofit organization Restoration Housing that will eventually, once they get it finished, will be the Boys and Girls Club location for that neighborhood for high school students especially. Very exciting. That's on Tuesday um, morning. On Wednesday, there are a number of things happening in the afternoon that I thought were interesting, all very different. Um, at my shop, we're doing a plant propagation class. If you'd like to learn how to take better care of your plants and turn them turn one plant into many, we're hosting a class. So you can come to that. Um, there's also a call to action event around the book by Beth Macy, Dope Sick. Um, that's going to be for caregivers and for first responders and people who are interested in learning how to um, actually, you know, since we talked about the needle exchange earlier, I thought this was a good thing to bring up. This is a place where you can go to learn a little bit more about how to respond to the epidemic in a productive way. Um, we also have a soul sessions on Wednesday, talked about them earlier. So check that out. Um, on Friday, there is an outdoor movie sponsored, put on by Roanoke Parks and Rec, um, called an American Ascent that kind of chronicles the first, uh, first African American, Ascent of, um, got to look up the mountain, ba, 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 ba. Denali, there we go, sorry, I had to go back to the page, but um, <coughs> this, this documentary sheds light on the complex relationship uh, that African Americans have with the outdoors, and, uh, and that's all I've got for events this week, does anybody else want to add any? Well, I do want to share uh, just a pile on the Wednesday, which apparently is the huge night for events this week. Um, we also have the Banff Mountain Film Festival is happening uh, on that on Wednesday, which is uh, uh, if you want to see really cool um, extreme outdoor videos, this is the place to do it. Uh, I've been several times; they're usually incredible mm -hmm. films. Um, so real if, eye candy. Yeah, and lots of GoPro footage of people doing amazing things. Uh, but yeah, lots to do on Wednesday this week. And plenty to do this weekend, too. Um, so just keep an eye on the newsletter. We'll add some things in there. And yeah, have a good week. Stay dry. It's yeah, going to be a wet one. Hope your basement stay dry. It won't, but, you know, it's okay. <laughs> Did you know they were giving out free sand? Free sand? Yeah, over there on Brambleton. Mm -hmm. That's cool. You can cool. go get as many bags of sand as you want. I went. I got some. That's good to know. We're yeah. on Brambleton. I don't know if they're doing it anymore. Oh, okay. I don't Dang, know if this missed the a, free sand. I'm Somebody sorry. was selling sand in a parking lot near my house, and I was like, wow, this is capitalism at work right here. Yeah. Um, I definitely got fun several fact, bags. Xavier is now using that sand for a sandbox. No, I actually <laughs> took it and made, put it in my <laughs> in my fire pit. <laughs> oh, nice. So, <laughs> Way to reuse um, it. Yeah. Thank you, Roanoke County, for right, financing right. Xavier's fire pit. That's cool that they yeah. did that, though. I'm cool. sure it saved a lot of people. Yeah, and it's kind of you know, it's kind of expensive. At least the one in mm -hmm. my parking lot was kind of pricey. <laughs> All right, well, 
Thanks, guys. Good deal. Thanks, y'all. Please leave us a rating and review wherever you listen to this and uh, invite your friends uh, to come and listen to us. Uh, but we'll be back next week with more news. Thanks.